the SA scene, taking you inside the Festival States tennis community, thanks to Langman and Lay Elite Tennis Academy, providing coaching for all standards and ages in a group or private setting at Glen Lee Tennis Club. Inquire at LLETATennisAcademy at gmail.com or follow on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Welcome to edition four of season two of the SA scene. I'm Bevan Jones, where each month I take you inside the South Australian tennis community. In our fourth edition, it's a special episode of the 2023 Tennis SA Award winners. I catch up with John Pick, president of the Renmark Tintra Lawn Tennis Club, who recently won the Rural Club of the Year. Heidi Heemskirk from the Mount Gambier Tennis Club, who won the Rural Volunteer of the Year Award. And Kimberly Absalom from the Golden Grove Tennis Club, who was named the City Hills Volunteer of the Year. John Pick has been a president of the Renmark Tintra Lawn Tennis Club for over 20 years and really enjoys the friendly nature of the club and the fact that it caters for all players ranging from social to competition levels. Thank you very much, Bevan. Nice to be with you. And congratulations on winning the Rural Club of the Year Award in the Tennis SA Awards recently. What's that mean for you and your club? It creates a bit of talk around the town and, and people, members, players. <laughs> One of two clubs in the Riverland to uh, end up in the last three or the top three and so for both clubs I think it's a really good uh, affirmation of what you're doing it sort of I suppose has people identify with your club a lot more makes a lot of the work that a lot of volunteers do a bit noticed and and uh, acknowledged and and generally I think it creates some some talk and and uh, movement in the in the region in the area of which uh, you know we're the Riverland region and Anything like this uh, stirs a bit of talk and a bit of interest in tennis. You're one of two clubs because Barry Tennis Club is also nominated, so that must make it extra special to get one up on your on your local rivals. Let's not start that, Bevan. I think it's good <laughs> that we're and a sign of the healthy healthy tennis scene that we've got two clubs in the in the final three, and we had a club last year, a, a neighbouring club, Barmer Tennis Club, who actually won the event last year and. Uh, the Rema Club has won it a couple of years before that. So it's been um, good news up here for uh, for Riverland clubs. And we've also had uh, awards in other categories. Uh, we had a, the most outstanding coach or coaching excellence, I think. We had a newcomer in um, uh, Sarah Jane Albrecht from the Barmer Tennis Club who was in the final three as well for the first time. So uh, that's another healthy sign of what's happening up here. Yeah, it obviously sounds like it's heading in the right direction. And and how do you go with with keeping juniors um, and senior players, for that matter, in the Riverlands you know, and stopping them from going back to Adelaide you know, where there might be more opportunities? Is that always a challenge? Well, this is just my personal opinion, Bevan, but I would love to see a steady flow of traffic of young players um, heading off to Adelaide and pursuing the, the, their game and their the, to their full potential. So no, I'm, I'm, there may be others who, who differ on that. Um, I always think, you know, like if someone from here and we have had players from this area, Luke Saville, Shannon Nettle, Olivia DeSisto, who have gone on to bigger and better things and at, at national and even international level. And I think that comes back to you in the long run anyway. Um, so I would be, I'd be really pleased to see that uh, some of our best young kids make the trip, to, make the move to Adelaide, or travel down to Adelaide like they do in other sports. Um, Bevan, um, whether it be football or 
netball, basketball, soccer, just pursuing um, their dreams, I suppose. And then the better they go, I think the better uh, the, the tennis is in the region because they they give back um, in lots of different ways, uh, remembering where they came from. And they give back to the country during their time at the top or, and even afterwards. So, no, I'd, I'd be really encouraging kids to, to pursue things. And you've been a president at the club for over 20 years now. Tell us about your your time at the club and what you've been involved in there and perhaps some of the ups and downs as well, John. Well, we've had a lot of things happening over over that period, I'd, I'd like to think. We're very fortunate this year to hold the All-Stars um, event, which is a new event from Tennis SA. They held it in Port Lincoln last year and it was an outstanding success apparently. And um, the second uh, time it was, uh, we were uh, asked to nominate or we were not sure whether we were asked or whether we we put in, um, but we were chosen to be the second uh, venue for the, for this event. And that involved three of their, three boys, three girls, like um, high performance players in Adelaide playing at the top level to, to join with three boys and girls from, from the Riverland. I think it was Blues versus the Reds. Great publicity, great promotion for tennis in the in the region that, uh, to have these players playing with and against um, players from the Riverland, and it gave our kids, most of whom were were juniors, the opportunity to see just maybe how tennis can be played at um, at a at a higher level. So that that's been one of the highs, I would think. In recent times, we've held international events, national events, I suppose. Um, and then we've run, you know, lots of things like every year, like an Easter tennis uh, tournament and local junior tournaments. But I think uh, we've we've renovated the courts in in over the, that period of time. I, uh, I'm not sure how many years ago, good, well over 20 years, I think we actually dug up all our courts because they had sort of gone to rack and ruin a bit. And uh, we now enjoy playing on a much better surface and and um, can provide a much better playing for locals and visiting players. Your own personal tennis journey, when did you first start playing, John, and, and how did you sort of first pick up a racket? Was it through a family influence or through friends? Or My dad played tennis and cricket, and he would probably be, and I think my mum won. I know my mother plays. She just didn't talk about it like, like, like she did. But I played for three, two or three years as a junior from about 12 to 15, and then um, I got something called Tennis Elbow, which stopped my progress and my playing for a, a number of years. And then I picked it up when I was about 40, started playing again. And uh, I've enjoyed playing up here ever since. Um, in that time, I've, many, I've been fortunate to play Country Carnival, which was probably one big highlight going back some years ago. And then just the local events and the May Vets we have and other things here and there. Continue to enjoy it and still enjoy playing Bevan. So it's one of those sports that I think you can you can keep going. You just keep dropping back a gear as the decades roll on. And therein lies the challenge, isn't it, to provide a sport that you can complete. People are wanting value for their time and so things like oh, I suppose night tennis which fits in some with some people uh, more happily with their lifestyle time tennis or you know play for an hour and a half or two and then that's it rather than traditionally staying around for a lot longer than that to play about the same amount of tennis so yeah it's a whatever sport I think there's the challenges of of attracting and maintaining people in your sport for sure and in terms of the club itself what makes the club so special John that's kept you there all that time it was one of quite a number of clubs 
in the Renmark area going back years and years ago and well, well before my time. Out of all those clubs, eventually it uh, reduced to the one club and it's had a few change of venues and some for some reason, I don't know why, it remained. And and so I think we're fortunate that we've got a, in, in say in, in the Riverland, we've got a good environment or good climate to play. I know it gets hot in in summer but we've got heat rules and we can play at night or we can start early and we can adjust things towards that and we can get things over relatively quickly which other sports say like cricket it's not as easy for a sport like that to reduce their playing hours and uh, and things like that and maybe even play at night because I think it's only recently got the lights that are adequate enough for them to play. I think we've got that climate. We've got terrific facilities here, Bevan, in the Riverland, grass courts, hard courts, synthetic courts. As for us, I think Renmark's a fairly vibrant, growing sort of town. It boasts four primary schools, two secondary schools. I think that helps to for growth. So I think that's that's a, a, an important factor. And I, I I suppose we've got, like every other club, we've got people who are really committed to growing the club and making it the best facility and best um, best thing for the people in the town. And what's your method for retaining members and getting new members to the club, particularly the young ones that are, you know, might choose to play cricket or footy or other sports? Well, we run Hot Shots, which is a Tennis Australia's official starting program. That would be across every club in Riverland and, and elsewhere. We try to work, there's a sporting schools program which we uh, tap into, which um, enables a qualified coach to go into a school, provide some uh, lessons and activities for the athletes, and then hopefully a good number of those will transition to coming out and, and playing at the club, uh, either at a hot shots level or competitive level. We try to run lots of things, junior and adult level, so trying to just be broad enough so that it's not all about competition is not all about competitive or, or um, social. It's quite broad in its in, in its um, appeal. I can go back years when, perhaps more so in a few other sports I could mention, where juniors were not really encouraged or even wanted in some ways. Sports have realised that I think that without juniors, without younger people coming in and younger adults coming in, your sport will slowly die, slowly go wither and you'll have some courts and all that but not a lot of players. So I suppose we just try to tap into a broader range of activities. Uh, we also, we keep our courts open for the community to use. Whether that has a, an effect, I don't know, Bevan, but it doesn't seem to me to make much sense to have grass growing and nobody on, on top of it enjoying playing. So there's opportunities for people to come out on a social random basis. And if they really like it enough, they might join up as a member. I think it like I said about earlier, I think it comes back to you in the long run if you're prepared to do things like that. No, well said. I absolutely agree with you. Keep up the great work. And and John Pick from the Renmark Tintra Lawn Tennis Club, congratulations again on your Rural Club of the Year award. Keep up the great work and uh, look forward to speaking again in the future. Thanks, Bevan. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Great to catch up with John and hear about what makes the Renmark Tintra Lawn Tennis Club such a special club. To our next guest, Kimberly Absalom from the Golden Grove Tennis Club who's recently been named Club of the Year for two years in a row. Kimberley's also been named recently the City Hills Volunteer of the Year. And we welcome Kimberley for the first time to the show. Hi, Bevan. Thanks for having me on. Now, a big congrats as well, because we were just speaking off air about this. It's actually the eighth time that the Golden Grove Tennis Club has won the Club of the Year and the second year running as well. So that's been a pretty big night uh, a couple of weeks ago for you guys. It really was. It was a fantastic night. Um, it was the first uh, time that we the awards night had been held uh, under the roof at the drive. 
Um, so it was a spectacular gala event. I was very excited to be lucky enough to win the volunteer for Hills and City, but to take home the Club of the Year for back-to-back was, yeah, we really didn't expect it and it was really exciting. The personal award yourself, that must be pretty special, you know, knowing that you've got that recognition from your peers and, and everyone from the tennis community. Yeah, I was really honoured to win the award. Um, I have been a finalist a few years ago um, during COVID and I know at the time the person who was successful in winning that award, uh, had started volunteering before I was actually born. So um, it's a really huge honour to have won the award this year. I know, yeah, the calibre of volunteers in the past past that have won this award. So, yeah, I'm really honoured. And 19 years on the committee, that's a very long time. Congratulations on that, Kimberly. Tell us about your role, you know, on the committee and what you've been up to throughout that time. Yeah, it has been a long time. So I started when I was a teenager. Um, I undertook the club captain, lady club captain role for uh, 10 to 12 years. After that, I moved into vice president um, and I undertake a few roles at the moment. Um, We got a club room built two years ago in March. And so I'm the bookings manager for hires. So I Um, That's one of my major roles at the moment. So it's a bit like event planning, I suppose. So coordinating um, bookings hire, running the bar. Um, For example, in June this year, we have uh, two events from six till midnight. So that involves me opening up, doing a clean beforehand, running the bar for six hours, locking up and and that sort of thing. So that's all unpaid work. So that's kind of things that I'm doing at the moment. I've also been chairing the social committee. Uh, so that's been involves organising events throughout the year. So prior to having a club room, we probably only had one to two social events for our members a year. But now that we have our own space, we're probably up to around 10 a year. Uh, they involve ladies' luncheons, junior Wimbledon nights, uh, quiz nights, pizza, cocktails, all sorts of things for our members. Wonderful. And you've also been a life member of the club. What makes the club so special that's kept you there for so many years, Kimberly? Well, that's a really good question. I was thinking about this earlier, um, <laughs> about being at the club for so long. Um, and I'm still playing these days. I'm playing this season. It's about the people around you. I guess the major influence is my coach and also the president of the club, Craig Nowsley. He's been my coach since I was 12 years old and I'm still having odd coaching session here or there to try and keep in a little bit of form at the moment. So I guess it's the passion for the sport, but also the people around you, the club atmosphere, yeah, all of it coming together. What do you enjoy about the game of tennis as well? And, and, you know, tell us about your tennis journey when you first picked up a racket and were you influenced by someone from your family or, yeah, how did you sort of get involved in the sport and what, what do you enjoy about it? Yeah, I come from a tennis family. So I have two older brothers, an older sister. I'm the baby of the family, so I'm a lot younger than than they are. Um, but they all played even when, before I, way before I was born. Mum used to play Saturday afternoon seniors. It was just meant to be that I was going to be the fourth child playing tennis. So I yeah, did all the tournaments growing up and the juniors, the seniors from the age of seven. I had some great experiences I guess in my tennis journey, I was able to play in America for a month. So I traveled over with uh, Ray Woodford, Mark Woodford's father. That was a really great experience. And all the state teams, the Sapsars are over in Canberra and all sorts of things like that. Played state league for probably over a decade. I mean, I'm currently playing Div 1. So I really have that passion for tennis and I guess also have a really big interest in seeing the juniors uh, progress and seeing them achieve their tennis goals. Currently also on the state league advisory committee. So that's looking at uh, the future of, I guess, elite tennis, elite competition in South Australia in the summer season. So, you know, that involves grading of the teams, trying to form the best, strongest competition that we can have in Adelaide for the seniors. But of course, that encompasses a lot of our junior players as well, because a lot of our players are just developing at such a young age now that they're such strong, so strong 
in their junior years. It's not just as a senior. And, and what is it you enjoy about working with the juniors and, you know, their development as well? Mainly about trying to instill or wanting them to appreciate the game of tennis without necessarily focusing so much on the results. You, you hear the phrase that tennis is a game for life and it really, really is. Like my mum only stopped playing when she was 80, 81 years old. It's a skill and a sport and a social activity that you can do your whole life. I really want the juniors to enjoy the experience, not be discouraged by negative results, but you know, tennis can take you anywhere. It can take you to college. It can be a lifelong career. It can be a passion. It can be all so many things for so many people. And I really just, yeah, I like to try and keep juniors in the game. And as, as they make that transition into seniors, like the 16, 17 year old age group is just really tough, especially probably in the women's tennis trying to keep that interest with competing demands such as other sports, girls' footy, work, social life, school. Yes, yeah, so really trying to help make those juniors make that transition to seniors and keep interest there. Because if you can keep that interest there, you know, if you put into tennis, tennis gives you so much. Um, and I really, yeah, just trying to keep people playing tennis for as long as they possibly can in their lives. I guess that must come down to as well, you know, making them feel welcome at the club. And you mentioned before that you've been a part of the club for a long period of time and, and the culture there, and, and it must be a really welcoming club as well for, for new members that keeps you there for so long. Yeah, we have, it's a really family friendly club. I think what makes it so great is that as a committee, we are trying to improve every year. We're looking at what we're doing. It's like, what can we do better? What can we do better next year? What can we provide our members so they want to spend time at the club? So Golden Grove is a place that they want to belong. What brings people to their social events? What builds friendships? What can we put into place to create these things? Golden Grove has a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, we may not be have the biggest facilities. We, um, we've only got nine courts, which we have definitely outgrown, but we're still bringing in new members. And also seeing the kids come through from the first time they picked up a racket to making that transition to seniors um, and that's really important and we've had a lot of great players that have started their journey from the first time they've picked up a racket and have gone through to college um, tennis with only ever being coached at Golden Grove and have come through the ranks at Golden Grove till the point where we're unable to provide them for whatever reason a team at, for their standards. So they might need to go off to other clubs. We've had, you know, a great player go off and, and, and play at Broadview but still train at our club and have their connection with Golden Grove. To see those players through from the beginning to wherever they may end up is, is a fantastic experience for us seeing where they go with their tennis. Obviously, you've uh, played a key role in, in creating a welcoming and supportive club environment, though, Kimberly, What's been your method, though, for doing this? Like I said before, just about striving to improve upon what we're already doing. We've got Craig as our president and club coach. I don't think you could get a nicer guy, really. He, everyone seems to get along really well with Craig. He's like the face of the club. And then we've got wonderful staff in our canteen that, you know, are happy to have a chat, see how you're going. You get to build these relationships with people. And it's not even just like our own members. You start to see people from other clubs that come in and you recognise them and you start to build these friendships with people from other clubs as well. It's about community, not just about Golden Grove. We even uh, recently, last year, we supported the Golden Grove Netball Club. They got free hire of our club room. We provided bar service for them so that they could work on a fundraiser to support their own club 
but bringing people together from the tennis and from the netball at the same time. Yeah, we're just trying to create a community where everyone has a place to belong. Well, you're doing a wonderful job, Kimberly. Keep up the great work and a big congratulations on your award a couple of weeks ago within Tennis SA. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Great to catch up with Kimberly and hear about her tennis journey so far and what she loves about the club, where she's a life member and has been a committee member for over 19 years. To our final guest for the episode, we welcome Heidi Heemskirk to the show for the first time, who's recently been named the Rural Volunteer of the Year at the Tennis SA Awards. We find out more about Heidi's tennis journey, passion for tennis at grassroots level, and what she does to ensure long-term sustainability of the club. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, you came down to Adelaide uh, from Mount Gambia for the evening. Yeah, but no, we had a great night at the awards ceremony, had had no idea what to expect, and um, yeah, just couldn't believe how huge of, a, of a, an event that it was, and yeah, we really enjoyed the night. And certainly well-deserved. You've been a life member at the Mount Gaming Tennis Club for a number of years. Uh, tell us about your journey, you know, within the tennis club, what you've done in the past. Um, okay, so basically I probably joined uh, the Mount Gambia Tennis Club at about the age of eight, uh, my parents actually purchased a house across the road from the club. So, yeah, so we lived across the road. So um, my dad and I used to be over on the tennis courts hitting. We'd go over before school. Um, yeah, so played there since a junior. My dad was involved at the club when I was a junior. So he was a junior coordinator. Back in back in those days, we had over 100 kids playing, which was just massive, big numbers today. But we're, we're building on it. So yeah, from there, I think about the age of 18, I probably joined the senior committee, um, just a general committee person. And I used to do things like mow the lawns and just, just help out where it was needed, basically. Um, and I think back in, um, 2003, I was actually became the first female president of the club. So um, that was pretty yeah, exciting awesome. and that was the year that we celebrated our 100th anniversary. So the club turned 100 years and had its first female president. Yeah, so I was president for a couple of years and then I became the club secretary. So I've probably done that role for about the last 15, 16 years um, as well as uh, probably around probably the last, I think, 10 years um, I've been the junior coordinator at the club. So along with... Um, a good friend of mine, Renee. So when it, when our kids basically started juniors, we took over running um, the juniors. Our numbers were quite low. We'd sort of hit a bit of a low point and probably had 15 to 20 kids when we took over. Um, so one of my roles at the club has been the community play hotshots coordinator. So so back probably 10 years ago, I did hotshots um, for a few years. I did have a break for a few years just due to work commitments. So I couldn't fit everything in. Um, but we've been back on the hotshots board for a couple of seasons, a few seasons now. Um, so, yeah, we built from our sort of 15 to 20 kids uh, to this season. We put, I think it was 67 kids on, in our Saturday morning competition out on the courts wow. each week. And then my hotshots program... I think we probably between term term four and term one, which is when our season runs down here, that I think, yeah, 30 to 40 kids, I think, um, went through my Hot Shots program um, this season as well. So, so yeah, just, just a huge amount of roles. So I sort of, I organised the, co- the junior coaching side of things at the club and Renee does the admin side. So we, we work really well together in coordinating all those kids because it's it's a lot of work to run training sessions for that amount of pe- that amount of kids and make sure they're all getting something out of it. When did you first pick up a racket and, and you know, did you play yourself 
with at Macambia for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, no, so absolutely. So yeah, about eight, I think. Uh, before we moved across the road, I think I played maybe a few games at another set of court, another club. But yeah, so since I was eight, played my whole life, probably up until yeah, about four, probably five years ago, I. I've only just been a fill-in for the last few seasons. Just due to my work, I was running my own business, so just couldn't commit to Saturday afternoon tennis. Um, but I've, I just filled in here and there when I could. Um, and I was supposed to make my comeback this season and play, um, yeah, full-time. But unfortunately, I had a knee injury, which required surgery. So I wasn't able to um, get back. I played a handful of matches at the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, so in my jun- so I played all my junior tennis um, as well as while I was a junior, I also played in the senior competition at the club. So I I was really fortunate and I was looked looked after really well by the um, by the seniors because I was probably sort of 11, 11 or 12 when I joined, filled in, started filling in with the seniors. And at the age of um, 14, I made it to our well, back in the day we called it A one, but nowadays we call it Division One. So as a fourteen year old, I yeah made our top team back then. So hopefully, I'm looking forward to getting out on the court again next season. What sort of makes the club so special that's kept you there for so long, Party? I think it's just we just got a really good social side of at the club. We're like really inclusive. You know, everyone's welcome. We enjoy like we'll go and play our game of tennis, whether it's at home or an away game. And everyone comes back to the club after the game, you know, whether it's for a drink or a packet of chips or, you know, we've put a platter on after the game sort of thing. So, yeah, it's just the social side, the friendships that I've made um, during my time at the club. Yeah, I don't know. It's just in my blood. I just I just <laughs> love being there. So, <laughs> Oh, wonderful. In terms of you mentioned before, you know, working with with the kids and the, the hot the hot shots you know, program that you're involved with there. What do you sort of enjoy most about that and, and find so rewarding? Yeah, I really enjoy um, just the joy the kids get when, you know, they they connect with the ball and they've hit, they've hit their first forehand over the net, got a serve in or something like that. Yeah, we had this little, this little fella, I think he was only four with hot shots this season and it took, it took him quite a few goes but just the joy on his face when he you know finally got that swing ride and he connected with the ball and just just to see how happy he was was just it just makes it so rewarding and I enjoy so we sort of some of our top or our, our older juniors at the club so I have them come and help with hot shots as well so try try to mentor them mentor them so so the program can can continue that you know there's hopefully one day other people to take my place or to to run the sessions but yeah just just the enjoyment that the kids get out of the program and then seeing them move into the to the club tennis is um yeah it just makes it all worthwhile and also you're quite passionate about tennis at a grassroots level explain more about this as well Heidi you know seeing these these young hot shots players it's it's the only way that the club can continue to thrive I suppose is that if we don't if we pick them up when they're young that that then they'll 
they'll move through the ranks then they they join our our Saturday morning competition and and hopefully stay with the club we've been fortunate that um because of some of the kids that have started playing juniors their pet their parents have actually joined the club so we've been able to gain some more members from the ju- from the juniors that we've got coming along but yeah i think just for the for the longevity of the club it's so important to you know get them in get them in nice and early and enjoying the game and as i tell my kids tennis tennis is a game for life you can play that whether they they live in mount gambia or they move away all they need to do is find a club, find a court, and you know it's such a good way to make friends and meet new people. So just so important to get out there and have a go. You mentioned it before that you've got a, a reasonable member base now. I think you said back in the day there was over a hundred, but you've got something like over sixty at the moment. But uh, you know, what's your what's your method for you know increasing the the numbers and and getting getting members involved with the club? I can say I think we run a really good junior program at the club. So I think I think word of mouth has a has a lot to do with it. Also, obviously the Hot Shots program um, helps. It gets them in and gives them their first taste of tennis. The kids enjoy that. They want to continue on with just without so with our um sort of saturday morning comp juniors so i think what our 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 tuesday night training we we run a pretty good program and and we are one of the lucky clubs to have some good volunteers that um come out each week and help coach the kids so we sort of split up in small groups and each court you know has a has a has a coach has a volunteer to to run to run a skill on each court, the kids will swap around, so they sort of get a go at everything um, at the training sessions. Uh, we've got some really good sponsors on board at our club, um, so all our kids get a free t- training shirt, so they wear that to training. So you know, we just we look like a club; they're, they're all dressed the same. So and that's that's a a free thing that they get. We like to do few um, fun fun events during the evening, so you know, just sort of we like to have a Christmas breakout where we'll have a fun night at training and put on a sausage sizzle for the kids or whether it's a pie and pasty night, just just a few things like that throughout the season that just, yeah, keeps the kids interested and they tell their friends. So then next season their friends will be out playing and things like that. So, yeah, just, I don't know, I think a lot of it, you know, word of mouth and the kids at the club just really enjoy themselves, So, which is which is really important. And I guess this sort of touches on the membership side of things as well, but how do you ensure long-term sustainability of the club, Heidi? It's definitely really tricky. Um, Senior-wise at the club, we don't have a huge senior base at the moment. We're probably at around 25 senior players, so we are, are a bit light on. As I said before, with some of um, some junior parents actually joining in the last couple of seasons, so that's been been a great boost. Um, but what what we struggle with down here is is women and girls. So we've got an abundance of men that like to play, but we just struggle to have the enough women to match up with them. So um, it's just sort of something. You know, like all the clubs are, new people come to town, everyone asks, do you play tennis? Would you like to join a club? So you're just sort of pouncing on the on the new arrivals to town all the time. So, but yeah, I think it's just, you know, being out there, our club has a Facebook page, you've just got to keep yourself out there. Hope, hopefully me winning an award, that's sort of putting our club out there as well. So, and yeah, that might encourage some more people to join. Well, you're doing a wonderful job, Heidi. Uh, keep up the great work. Once again, congratulations on that award and uh, really great to speak with you on the SAC. No problems at all. Thanks very much for having me. Fantastic to hear from Heidi Heemskirk and hear about the incredible work that she does, which has earned her a well-deserved Rural Volunteer of the Year Award. Thanks for tuning in for the fourth of our monthly SAC podcasts for 2023. If you have a guest idea, drop us a line at thefirstservesen at gmail.com. 
That's the first serve sen at gmail.com. Catch you next time. The first serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.